0: This is the Woodland Hills Family Church Podcast. Our desire is to inspire you and your family to become fully devoted followers of Christ. Thank you for listening, and we hope that you enjoy today's message. This morning we want to honor Chris Dillon. Uh, Chris is, yeah, come on up. We honored him at 8.30, and we want to honor him again. But he, he does a lot of work uh, b- uh, behind the scenes. You always see him down here running the camera and stuff, getting that great angle uh, with his steady cam and stuff. So thank you so much. He does, uh, sets a great example in his conduct, and we just want to thank you so much. Yeah, yeah, and Chris, thank you so much. You are humble. You're a faithful volunteer. And matter of fact, he edited that video. We had to pass it off to somebody else to switch out the ending. So we just say thanks again. We appreciate you. <laughs> thank you, Chris. Well, good morning, Woodland Hills Family Church. How are we doing today? Fantastic. My name is Scotty Mack. I'm a part of the teaching team here at Woodland Hills. I want to welcome everybody here in the castle and the chapel and maybe a couple of you outside as it sounds like the temperature might be warming up a little bit. So glad you're here today. Each and every week we uh, take an offering, so excited about that. We have... Four different ways you can do that. We have offering boxes located in the foyer. We have a church center app that I can uh, personally attest to. We, uh, Me and my wife have currently signed up with one of the groups, and the app has been really great. So if you haven't downloaded that, go ahead and do that. It's it's a really, really easy, easy deal there. The other way is you can uh, visit woodhills.org. And finally, the last is you can text an amount to 84321. I'm still blown away by this technology, it seems crazy, but 84321, you can text a dollar amount and give to Willen Hills, so thank you for that. I am going to begin with a full confession. I have made a huge mistake, huge mistake, and um, it started, uh, a, and, and it reared its head a couple weeks ago, this mistake. You see, um, on uh, one of those really nice Saturdays that we had, the one that was like really nice, beautiful weather, and I don't know if it's just me, but does it not feel like the weather just can't like, it can't figure out where we're heading and what consistent direction here. But it was a really nice Saturday, and I remember that it was one of those days where I was like, you know what? Me and Nicole, we got to have a good heart-to-heart. Getting on the same page conversation. And you know... Many of you, that if you have children around the ages of seven, six, and three, a 15-minute conversation with no distractions is almost impossible. The stars have to align like crazy. Well, the stars were aligning. We kicked the boys out. It was beautiful outside. We had sis out playing with their dolls in the kitchen in her room. So I said, here we go. We're going to have... Get on the same page. We need, we've just been at odds a little bit. We're going to get on the same page. So we sit down. We're starting to have this conversation. I, I kid you not, two minutes in, Hudson at the door uh, off this little porch we have in our master, boom, 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 Dad, water! <laughs> and I just go, turn it off, and just shoot him, right? And he turns around, and then you can see he just turns back around and goes, No, Dad, tons of water! So I throw my shoes on, and I go downstairs in the basement, and we've got the basement flooded. It's just flooded. Now, here's the ownership. Completely my fault. Okay? Because when we moved into the house, we realized the spigot on the front of the house was not uh, not working. And so, uh, enlisted my father-in-law to help us figure that out, and uh, we... Ha- you know, fix some things and got it working. Well, to do that, we had to take off some siding underneath our front porch and take out the insulation and fix some PVC piping. Well, I just never got around to putting that insulation back and the siding back up because I thought it was under the deck. That's not like really outside, right? <laughs> like, it's kind of, but not really. Well, I paid for that, right? So we get to clean it up. We borrow shop backs and fans from all our friends. And we just, we just get to town. We just clean that thing up. Well, we got ServPro out there to figure and help us know where the water had been and what we needed to take out and all these things. And my father-in-law, he is a master carpenter. Truly. Florida finished, The real deal. He knows how to do everything. I know how to do Nothing. I mean nothing. I am starting from zero every single time a project comes. Now, he, we, we start doing some stuff, and he gives me a project. I say, okay, here we go. Here's my chance to shine, okay? Here's my chance. And he says, here's what I want you to do. I want you to chalk a line on the drywall. I want you to cut out that drywall and cut the insulation. And the, 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 the verbals here were like, yep, mm-hmm, got that. In the back of mine, no idea, no clue. <laughs> No clue how to do that, right? So he leaves, and I do what I do more than I'd like to admit. I pull out my phone, and I open up an application called YouTube, right? And I just type, how to chalk a line, how to cut drywall. I'm on there for like 45 minutes, and I'm ready to go. So a couple of days later, I get down there, chalk the line, cut the drywall, cut the insulation, and I step back, and I go this is good, I'm the man, okay, so, James comes a couple of days later, and I'm very intentional, because I want, I want a little, pra- I'm looking for a little praise here, like, good, you know, nice job here, nice job, okay, and I follow him down the basement, we walk into that room, and I can't even believe I said this, I just, look at that straight line, you know, Does that look like a straight line to you, and, James, very kind. Yes, it does. And I just couldn't keep my mouth shut. <laughs> I had to go on and explain all the things I'd learned, what I'd, how I did it, and all these great things, right? So I, I said, yeah, I chalked the line, I cut it, but you know what? It would have been so much more helpful if I would have had that, you know, that little lever, uh, level, excuse me, that sits on the chalk line that tells you if that line straight's got two little, you know, things and he just kind of gives me one of those no-idea-what-you're-talking-about looks. I'm like, yeah, you know, it's just like a little level that sits on the chalk line to help me know if that line was straight. He goes, well, why would you need that? I go, well, I, I didn't know how else to know if it was a straight line or not. And he's like, and he pulls out his tape measure and just walks over to the wall and goes, you just measure it and make marks down the line of the drywall. And then you just chalk it. And it was one of those moments where, right, the two things are happening that I am like, look, you know, that's a good point. That's a good point. In the back of my head, again, the internal conversation is like, you doofus, you doofus. For it even gets better, right? Because if he had seen the way that I did that, I'm laying on the floor, With the chalk line extended all the way out here. And I got a three foot, I got a a level, you know, big level. And I'm like measuring it, trying to pull the line up to the level to see if it's level. It was worse than he even knows. He's he's probably going, he is a doofus for doing that. (laughs) Right? I mean, I looked so silly doing that. But my story highlights something that I think you understand as much as I do. And that is, is that there is a huge difference between someone telling you how to do something and showing you how to do it. I mean, I could have saved myself a lot of time and looking like a doofus if I had just said, James, how would you do that? And he just pulled out a state measure and done the same thing. It would have, it would have been a 30-minute deal. But I didn't do that, right? What I got was I need you to chalk it, cut it. And move on. And I didn't have the perfect pictures enough to follow that. Right? And this is why we get these sayings in our culture like this. Right? A picture is worth a thousand words. I don't go to blogs to figure out how to install the ceiling fan. Right? I don't go to blogs or I don't read a manual. In fact, I've completely abandoned uh, installation manuals. I mean, are, is anybody else with me? Like, just throw that thing away and pull up YouTube and move on with your life. Okay? Because I see it. I just, I just need to see it. You can show me what to do. I can follow that. You give me the example. I can walk in that. YouTube. The second largest website on the internet. Think about this for a second. 2 billion users, 2 billion, streaming 1 billion videos a day. They're grossed in ad revenue in 2021, $5.6 billion. For they understand something you and I understand. It is so powerful to see it done. Pew Research did a study last year on YouTube users and found out that 51% of those that use and utilize YouTube are doing it to learn something. 51% are using YouTube because they can see it and copy it. right? They can watch it and know how to do it. I can't tell you how many things around the house or in my work or in my job that I've just said let me check out youtube i am known as the it guy at my school mind you there are no we have no technology in our school so i am the it guy for a techless school <laughs> but you would be surprised how much need there is for that and i simply just look at youtube walk into their office click six buttons and they think i'm a genius Right, All I did was do a, a little search. Now I don't tell them that, but I just search it and do it. I want to keep that title. The truth is, is, I often need to see it to follow it. I need the example to imitate it. I need pictures to help me learn and grow often. And as we are in this series, a good example... In 1 Timothy 4.12, Paul is speaking to Timothy. And in this passage, he writes, Let no one despise you for your youth, but set the believers an example in speech, in conduct, in love, in faith, in purity. Two weeks ago, Ted tackled speech. Shay had love last week. And today, we're going to be talking about conduct. But you know, one of the things that I think happens is when we become familiar with a verse, we glance over it. We don't give it the time that maybe fresh eyes would have if we read it for the first time. Because for me, one of the things that really piqued my interest, that I want to camp on for just a second, is if you were to give me this passage, and you were to say, Scotty, tell me who it is that Paul is telling Timothy to be an example to. You know what I would say? I would say he's probably saying, be an example to those who don't know Jesus. Be an example to the unbelievers that you come into contact with. But he doesn't say that, does he? No, he says to be an example, or but set the believers an example. Why? Why is he instructing Timothy to be an example to believers? Why is that that he would say this? Well, again, coming back to my original opening point, I think, much like us, the YouTube community, is I need pictures. I need pictures. I need to see men and women following their conviction and commitment to Christ out. That I might imitate. That I might learn. That I might Follow them. This idea of imitation, right, is a concept that Paul is very adamant about. Look, we're going to run through a couple of scriptures and you're going to get bored by the amount, I, I, as many times as I share. And Paul's talking about this. 1 Corinthians four, fifteen through 17. For though you have countless guides in Christ, you do not have many fathers. For I became your father in Christ Jesus through the gospel. I urge you then... Be imitators of me." Next passage. First Corinthians 11:1. "Be imitators of me as I am of Christ." Next passage. Philippians 3:17, "Brothers, join in imitating me." There's not one kind of you know, an idea that Paul, he's pretty serious about this concept. Philippians 4.9, What you have learned and received and heard and seen in me, practice these things, and the God of peace will be with you. And finally, 2 Thessalonians 3.7-9, For you yourselves know how you ought to imitate us, because we were not idle when we were with you, nor did we eat anyone's bread without paying for it. But with toil and labor we worked night and day, that we might not be a burden to any of you. It was not because we do not have that right, but to give you in ourselves an example to imitate. This concept that Paul is talking about, imitate me as I imitate Christ, is the same idea. Paul is presenting pictures to other believers about what it means to faithfully follow Christ. In all facets of his life. In every nook and cranny of his heart. And this is not Paul saying, look at me, look at me, give me glory, give me praise. But rather, see what Christ has done in my life. See how Jesus has changed me. See the new life I live. And let us imitate and follow Christ together. So today, as we jump into In Conduct... What does it mean then to be an example to believers in conduct? Fair question for us this morning. Well, my answer to that would be this, is that our actions show pictures of a life committed to following Jesus. If you believe in your heart and confess with your mouth that Jesus is Lord, you have made a commitment. You have died to yourself. You have fired yourself being the king and the master of your own life. And you accepted Christ as Lord and Savior. He sits on the throne of your heart. The old is gone. The new has come. Your affections change. What you desire in life changes. Everything changes. When you make that commitment. You know, I think about people in my life. Biggest impact. Mike Higgins was my K-Life leader growing up. And Mike was a big dude. Big dude. But the most gentle heart. Gentle, gentle man. And I attended K-Life for many years. I went to club and I heard him talk about Jesus. And I heard him make a case for Christ. Week in, week out. But you know what it was the most impactful thing to me was to see Mike Higgins not only preach the gospel but live the gospel for when I was invited into Mike Higgins' house I got to see Mike and the pictures of what it meant to be a husband kind encouraging gentle husband to see the pictures of him being a father a patient loving you know kind man to his children and I got to see him in many different contexts. And those pictures stay with me. I'm better for them. I've learned to imitate that. You know, there was, a, there was a, uh, a, an outdoor basketball court right across the street. And oftentimes, there, there were some rough dudes out there who were really good at basketball. And he'd take us over there and we'd play. And to see how Mike interacted with those young men... See how he let a foul go and didn't throw a fit? Or walk away frustrated from losing a game that meant nothing? You know, those are pictures that I'm better for seeing. Those are pictures that I'm better for seeing. I don't think this was random on Mike's part. I don't think he fell into this. I don't think it was happenstance that uh, uh, I just happened to have Scotty Mack along with me when I was doing life. You know, just, he just just happens to be here. He just keeps showing up. No, he was inviting me. He was bringing me in. He was allowing me to see how he is following Christ in these different roles and responsibilities God has given him. And I learned from that. I grew from that. Come, he would say. Mature believers, we should be saying that. Come, young believer, come see what it means to lead a family devotion. Come come, into, come to my dinner table and see what it means for us to be a, a family of prayer. Come, let me show you what it means to study the scriptures. Let me sit you down and walk you through that. Let me show you what it, how I do this. Come, let me show you, let me give you pictures of what it means to run a business in light of being a follower of Christ. Because we can read that. We can, there's not a shortage of books and blogs and all that. There's not a shortage of information, is there? But to see people living that out, to see them doing that, is transformative. As they are following Christ, I think it's a fair question for us to ponder this morning, and that is: is what does the way you live your life, especially how you, blank, say about Jesus? If somebody were to follow you around, somebody were to take, let's just take one example: if somebody were to say, "Show me how you deal with your finances," in light, and what does that reflect about Jesus? You can fill in anything in that blank. How I run my business, how I treat people I don't know, how I treat people who say mean things online, dot, 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 dot. What does it say about Jesus? What kind of pictures are we providing? Sometimes I think it's helpful for us to flip it. What would it mean to not be a good example? And one way would be that we say one thing And do another. I believe we're in a culture today that is foaming at the mouth. To jump on hypocrites. Right? We are just... We are ready to pounce on anybody that says one thing and does another thing. Now, this is not uh, my stance or any of my beliefs. But just take the Super Bowl for example. A phenomenal game. It was really hard to watch. Right? Right? Being a Chiefs fan, I just wanted the Rams to win so bad. Ah, <laughs> oh, I wanted the Rams. But you know what? I love pulling up the news and, and, and articles about the Super Bowl. There's just wild stats, right, about how many people are viewing, how many hot dogs are consumed, just like the, the like, incredible thing that the Super Bowl is. And one of the things I just find is so alarming, as much as that was a phenomenal game, and Aaron Donald showed himself to be the man, I felt like I read as many articles or people commenting about the amount of celebrities not wearing masks at the Super Bowl. Right? Just We are willing to just, just pounce on that. The people that say one thing and do another. And Paul is saying to Timothy, be an example. Live what you believe. Follow in that. Be pictures that other people might follow you know one of the reasons that the McElvains have decided to be at Woodland Hills for nine years is because I know these people I know the teaching team I know I've, over these nine years I've begun I've, be, I've been able to develop friendships and relationships I, I could as very well just sit at home and, and throw a sermon on I could But you know why I don't? It's because when the teaching team gets up here, Travis, Adam, Shay, Ted, I see them. I know them. I know that what they preach and the convictions they have and their commitment to Jesus, they are living those things out. There's authenticity there. And I've learned from it. I've grown from it. They have provided pictures in relationships and fellowships and even saying, come, watch me, follow me. That's why one of the big reasons we've been here is that community and knowing. Well, I want to finish with answering the question, how do we grow in conduct? And really simple, but really hard. And it's two things for me. The first one is reflection. That that, that maybe you would stop today at some point or this week. And, and you would sit down and you would ask the question. If I were to take a picture of all the roles, responsibilities, and hats that the Lord has given me to be a father, to be a husband, to be a son, to be a basketball coach for my boys, to be a student, to be would people say that there is a reflection of somebody who's committed their life to Christ? Would it be easily said that as we peer into those pictures, it's marked by a commitment to Christ? So, I also say that we ask the Lord to be a part of that. We invite the Lord into that. Lord, reveal to me ways in which my conduct is not honoring unto you. That I look like the rest of the world, and I do not look like a marked life after Christ. And we ask the Holy Spirit to come and reveal those things to us. The second thing is much of my point the entire time, and that is imitate. Imitate. First and foremost, we imitate Christ. We, that's why we study our scriptures. That's why we gather together. We imitate Christ as He is the ultimate picture of these. He is the perfect picture of these things. Right? Just think about it for a second. The audacity. The God of the universe sent His Son to be born in a manger. To live a life amongst us. He didn't have to do that. He could have very well had, you know men and women throughout history, pen love letters, but he didn't. He demonstrated that. I always think of Romans 5.8. Romans 5.8 says, but God demonstrate his, uh, demonstrates his own love towards us and that while we were still sinners, Christ died for us. God sent his son, the God man, to the cross for us. Demonstrate as an act of demonstration, demonstrating His love. That's living it out. I don't know about you, but, but man, I can hardly get through watching the Passion each year. When I see Jesus being whipped, I, I can't. It's hard to see it, isn't it? Because when we see that, it takes it to a different level than sometimes when we read that. To see those pictures of Jesus being whipped and flogged and crown of thorns and nailed to the cross, it's different. I think that's, again, why things like The Chosen are very helpful and impactful. As we see somebody's depiction of what Jesus' life here on earth might have looked like. Those pictures really help us. The second thing I would encourage you to think, think about is imitating other, more mature believers. That you might humble yourself. That you might come and say, older you know, man in faith, would you teach me, would you show me what this looks like in your life that I might also learn and walk in that? That, that you can show me examples of maybe... How you do your devotions, or how you treat people, or what giving looks like for you. Often I find that when I ask those questions, what I find is a lot simpler than sometimes I believe it to be. And the best way I know how to describe that is to give you a a great story. I think it's a great story. We'll see if you do. But I came to CFO for two reasons. First of all, I was offered a basketball scholarship. I pass the ball to a bunch of these guys in the back here. That was my job, just passing the ball. OK? But then the second thing was I heard about a program called the Bonner Program, and in that it was a community service workstation where you got to serve different non-for-profit organizations and ministries in the area. And I've already mentioned, K-Life had a really big impact in my life. And when I heard that K-Life was one of those non-for-profits that I could serve in, I thought to myself, I can play basketball and I can pay for my college by serving in a ministry that I wanted to serve in anyway. Done. So, of course, like a first semester freshman, I'm supposed to be at club at a certain time and I show up late. So I walk in there, club's going on, I sit down, worship's going on, I don't know a soul in there, I sit down and like the door Blows open in the back, big bang. Up comes this American, you know, this kind of like uh, America music, and in walks this guy in jean shorts, an American flag tank top, and this mullet wig on with these glasses, and he's just America. You know, he's walking through the crowd, and all these kids are getting hype, and they're loving it. He's telling this whole story, and you know? all kids are going nuts. Well, that happened to be Shea Robbins. Okay, so now you know you totally understand. You go, yeah, that I can understand how that would have been Shay, you know, fifteen years ago. <laughs> Shea was killing it. Killing it. And I'm like, I'm excited to work for this guy. Well, you know, a couple couple months in, he calls me, hey Scotty, meet me at Skate Skate World, Skate Land, Friday night. N- I don't not much other context other than that. So I think it's a student event. I show up. He meets me out. Hey, we're going into love on kids and about Jesus. Let's go. What? And we walk in there, and I mean Shay just just goes to work, man. Just loving on kids, talking about Jesus, inviting them to K life, just having a blast. Now that picture of evangelism was far more impactful to see Shay live that out than any lecture than any book I could have sat down and read that night. For the picture he presented to me was so helpful. It's just going in and talking about Jesus, getting to know these kids, evangelizing. Sometimes we make it more complicated than it needs to be. And when I see it in other people's lives, now I can go, I see that, I can do that. And finally, the last one, it might be the hardest is for you to take an evaluation. Are you an example? Is there anything in your life worthy of imitation that we might strengthen the body of Christ? That we might be able to share with those younger in faith? I end with this story that I heard from Pastor Vodi Bauckham. He tells a story about a bricklayer, a master bricklayer, And this bricklayer has been laying bricks for 30 years. And a young man comes to him and says, Bricklayer, can you teach me your trade? I see you have been committed to this for a long time. Will you teach me the tips and the tricks to do this thing right? And the bricklayer kind of leans back and goes, "Mm, I ain't no bricklayer. I ain't no master. I I got nothing to teach you. I got nothing to share with you. That's, that's ridiculous, right? That, that, that would be utterly ridiculous if that were true. My hope and prayer is that is not true for us as well. We have been trying to follow Jesus for 10, 20, 30 years, and we would say, I have nothing to share. I have no pictures. For you, of what it looks like to follow Jesus. We need pictures. We need men and women sold out to the cross of Christ, faithfully falling through with the responsibilities and roles that God has entrusted with us, that we are to be imitating Christ and playing that out in our lives. And as we do that, we bring along young men and women who are new in the faith, and we say, Watch me. Follow me. Learn from me. That we might also be doing that ourselves. That each and every area of our lives would be said, this is a picture of Jesus. We're not perfect. There's no, we are not perfect. Only the Lord, only Jesus. But we do that as best as we can. Let's pray. Father, I thank you uh, that we gather or, or gather here today to study your word. Lord, as we think about the picture you have provided us in Jesus, Lord, we are thankful. We are thankful that you've given us an example for us to follow in, for us to replicate and imitate. And Lord, may we begin to see our need for examples and seek that out, humble ourselves, ask questions. And may we also think in terms of how can I also provide pictures for young in their young people in their faith. Lord, you are mighty to save. You are beautiful and wonderful. Lord, we thank you and we praise you. It's in your name we pray. Amen.